Hello, this is Tom James. I am here recording my first podcast, and I definitely need to do some introductory uh, information about myself and um, why I'm here and uh, what I'm what I'm going to be talking about over what I expect to be maybe a, an endless an endless uh, number of podcasts that I'll be doing, but mainly I'm trying to take a manuscript that I have that's probably 55,000 to 60,000 words at this point, and it's my third attempt. I've written two books. I'm, this is my third, but this is much longer than the other, the initial two. The initial two were a, uh, one was called Quotes and Antidotes, is called quotes and anecdotes, uh, and I basically there's 150 pages or so. Each page has a little, either a specific quote that I wrote, uh, original quotes or some little story or vignette. Um, the second book, so that one, that was my first book. That one I published uh, when I was living in when I was living outside in Kirkland. So I've been homeless. I've been homeless for maybe since 2019 i'll explain more about that i'm not homeless right now thank 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 you thank you thank you i'm i i have a place to live now um and i uh, but anyway so i published the first book living in kirkland um then the second book is called happiness apply now that one was a, a bit longer uh, still not the length that the normal uh, you know a normal publisher would probably entertain it's probably twenty thousand. 20,000 words, and the concept with that book was I lost my job in 2019. Um, I became homeless two or three months later, and then I knew that there was going to be a, a huge amount of of maybe... There was the potential for resentments, and there was the potential for uh, being negative and... and, and not finding uh, things to be you know, thankful for and, and to be thinking the right way. So what I did is I had these three, the, probably seven to eight things I did every day to find positive energy and to have good thoughts and to not um, become bitter or disenchanted or frustrated or negative. So that book basically takes, lists out the, you know, the seven concepts or things that I did each day and then gives examples of them um it also talks about how i feel the each of us each of us creates the way we think the way we're feeling about ourselves about the world around us and and how that projects back at us uh, and um it also talks about you know relationships it just it's brief in the beginning it, it kind of gives a a synopsis on how I I think the way you feel is is generated um, based on health, based on relationships, based on um, emotions that that tend to dig their claws in and try to stick with you. But anyway, those are the first two books. This third book, and they there's a lot of stuff about me and maybe. Uh, I think I want to say that they were 
they weren't like my story. They were, they were things that I thought would be, that were helpful for me. Um, and that I was proud of, uh, you know, figuring out or writing or, um, or, or overcoming. And, but this third book is more about my story and, and, and it's interesting because I'll, I'll give you some background now on my, my life. So, you know, from kind of my upbringing to, uh, the point in which I lost my job in 2019, but the book, I was so, I thought to myself, if I start writing about 2019 and it, looking backwards, I would become, there would be, it would be almost impossible for me to not communicate or, or You'd feel res- you could feel some resentments, maybe, and I, I don't want to. I didn't want to think that way, and so basically, when I wrote the books, I didn't write anything about <laughs> like all the stuff that led up to where I was. You know, I just said, "No way, I'm going to write about you know what I've done since you know what most people would see as a, a, a tragedy or a failure because I lost this wonderful job I had in a in a huge tech company." But so I have all these stories and, and 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 interactions that I and travels that I've had since I've been uh, since I lost my job in 2018, and that's really where this third manuscript started. That's the time frame for the third manuscript. But it's not. It's not. It doesn't. It's kind of like, well, how did you get there? Well. This is how I got there. I grew up in a rural part of Montgomery County, um, a town called Comus, Maryland. Um, it's t- it's a tiny town. It's, it's near Sugarloaf Mountain. It's right in the border between Montgomery County and Frederick County. Basically, if you if you were driving on, you know, from Germantown to, to Frederick, which is you know, there's a main artery that, that leaves the D.C. and goes to the to the Beltway and goes north. Through Montgomery County, it's 270. I'm basically the farm I, me and my family grew up on was between uh, my sisters was between two was between Germantown and, and Frederick. Anyway, so I grew up on a farm. Uh, I wound up going to public schools through junior high. I was very good at soccer. I am. I was. I was. And uh, what they. What happened was the, the school that was my local high school was not as competitive at soccer as would be appropriate for someone who was as good as I was. You know, it wasn't, it wouldn't have made sense for me to go. So I, got, I went to a private school with my, I have three older sisters. Um, they're uh, brilliant, but I, they were all two years apart. So, you know, my, my next oldest sister and I went to the same high school. Um, the same private school. It just was more convenient um, getting, shuttling everyone around to, to where we need to go to school. So I go to private high school. Um, my a good council high school. In, uh, it was in Wheaton, Maryland at the time. Uh, but I was, you know, I started, I was a freshman and I was starting on the varsity soccer team and, you know, you know scoring goals and, you know, the whole, my whole career I was, I was starting you know, from, from day one. Um, my sister 
uh, had gotten into Princeton, my older sister. Uh, my next oldest sister, so she went to Princeton, graduated from there. My next oldest sister, she she went to Dickinson uh, College in, Car- I'm going to screw up the name, I think it's Carlisle, Pennsylvania. She played soccer there. She wound up going and getting a PhD in economics from Johns Hopkins University, and she's got a, had a wonderful, she's uh, working as a vice president uh, at a company called Mathematica, and they basically do education policy research for the Department of Education. So anyway, my, my eldest sister went to Princeton. She has a degree in, in uh, electrical engineering. My youngest sister, Kathy, she has a degree in, degree in social work. Uh, but anyway, so the as I'm getting closer to applying to college, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to apply to some of these really good schools, and I'm good enough at soccer to be recruited, and you, you maybe get a little bit of help getting in. But with the Ivy League schools, you don't get any financial aid. So I, I went to – I wound up getting into Brown, uh, Brown University. I, I went there and played soccer for four years. I – my dad's an engineer. My mom's a teacher, or they they were. <laughs> They're both retired. But uh, and then my older sister was an engineer. I basically studied engineering at, at Brown. I didn't. I didn't. The curriculum's really loose there. You can. It's called an open curriculum, so you don't have to take core courses. But the best thing for me would have been, I felt, was to just do engineering. The, the curriculum's much more strict in terms of. A number of courses required to get the degree, so that's what I did. Um, I played soccer there, for, you know, all four years. Started all four years. Um, we went to the NCAA quarterfinals, um, my junior and senior year, winning the Ivy League championship. Um, I, after that, but when I was in my junior year, they told me that I could get a master's. In five years, if I if I wanted to, and it was a pro, it was a, it was a program they offered to everyone, and you just had to you had to be willing to take two graduate courses your senior year. So normally you'd be winding down, and being, you know, trying to lighten your course load, but I had to take not only my engineering classes to get my undergraduate degree, I had to take two graduate classes. So that's what I did, um, and and basically I, I graduated with my undergrad degree in '96. And and then I I basically used up all my eligibility in the fall of '95 when we went to uh, the second time we went to the NC quarterfinals. And as soon as that happened, I could sign professionally with soccer teams. So a soccer team, a local soccer team, signed me. So I started playing professional soccer. Um, I'm still <laughs> I'm still in school. Um, you know, it's not a violation or anything because I'm or NCAA violation because I'm playing after the um, the time when uh, I'd used up my eligibility. But anyway, I go and I stay in Rhode Island um, at at Brown playing professional soccer through the uh, through '97, um, and I uh, at that point I. You know, I wasn't making a ton of money. I, I mean, I was I was doing really well because I had a stipend for graduate school. My my dad said if I went to get my master's, he would pay for my my living expenses. So that was wonderful. 
Um, my my tuition was paid for because they had a program to pay uh, for these graduate pro- graduate students. So it was wonderful, um, and I'm getting paid to play soccer. Um, and I'm and I'm a, you know, I'm a technical a teacher's assistant for uh, some undergraduate engin- engineering courses. After that, I I I start applying for normal jobs as I'm getting my master's as I'm getting close to matriculating there um, with my master's. And I, I get job offers from Intel. Uh, it, w- it was an engineering job and a, and a more business-oriented job that would uh, uh, provide more opportunities to travel. So I took that job. Anyway, so 97, I worked from 97 July through 2019 in March. Uh, I, w- I worked for Intel, so 20, almost 22 years. Um, but I lost a job. I was having, there, there were some issues with substance abuse. There were, um, maybe some issues with, uh, and I took medical leave towards the end. I, I, I just didn't feel, I, I, I didn't feel great. And, and maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I was, it was a sign that I needed to do something different. But in any case, I, I lose my job, and then I'm, <laughs> I, I've been separated. I, I was married in 2001. I, I got separated in 2011. I never. I was. I basically couldn't focus on you know, too many big, big issues, right? So if if I was dealing with you know my ex, um, my my um, sorry dealing with custody issues and, and my ex-wife and, and court stuff related to the divorce. And then I was dealing with, a, you know, a new relationship. I was dealing with substance abuse, and I was dealing with this incredibly challenging job that I had, and, and, and fulfilling, but, but challenging. And I was like, I can't do all this. So I, I basically didn't, I didn't really... Um, make progress on the divorce. Uh, I was forced into, you know, court proceedings for the divorce, but it just, I was, I was struggling to, to, um, to, to keep, you know, that, that thread of, of effort and energy going. So I, I, I never got divorced. I, from 2011 to, tw- to when I got fired, I was, I was still just in a state of separation. Um, I lost custody of my daughter, um, which was heartbreaking, um, and I this this I can't even say it without sounding bitter. I was paying an an astronomical amount of child support and spousal support every year, between fifty and sixty thousand um, dollars, and it was and I I didn't I didn't I just did it. I said okay, that's they 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 run your numbers through a. You have some calculator, and it's it's that what you have to pay. There's a, you can't argue about it. That's what it says. So that's what I did. Um, but I guess when I got when I lost my job, I had to go tell my ex or you know the, the woman I was separated from. I had to say, look, we've got to we've got to get access to the amount of money I put in the retirement. It doesn't matter how much it was, but. And they, they wouldn't do it. They stalled. Her and her lawyer wouldn't do it. 
I said, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna run out of money. I mean, when you're paying, you know, a, see, I'm, I'm I don't want to go into this. So let's just say this. I told I I was certain I was gonna be homeless in in a matter of a matter of, or be destitute. I wouldn't have any money in in a few months. And it happened. So in, in June, but the, in early June, when I told people that I was going to run out of money and I wouldn't be able to provide support anymore, I um, that's what happened. And I, I that was the first time I was ever homeless. Um, it was in it was in June, and I basically I was staying in hotels, um, and. They kicked, you know. They told me you haven't you haven't paid. I go, I didn't. I don't remember how long I made the reservation for. And they're like, you gotta go today. I said, all right, all right. So I, I, you know, did everything I could to clean up, and I, I actually went back to talk to him. I said, buddy, I, I'm not gonna be able to get out by checkout time. And they said, well, and I asked them, what do you want me to do? I go, there's some stuff here that's still in the room. The room wasn't damaged or anything, but there was still some stuff in the room that I couldn't fit in my vehicle. And so I asked, do you just want me to put it in the dumpster? Goes, don't worry about it. We'll deal with it. <laughs> I stayed, stayed in this hotel for quite a while. So they were being, you know, they were being kind. Um, and what they did, and benefits to me, is they didn't throw it out. They saved it for me. But uh, I never went back and got it. Somebody somebody else who had seen that was staying at the hotel told me that. But, yeah, so the stories start, start there, um, most of them. There's a couple that look back. Um, because there were really cute moments or, or things that touched my heart. I mean, there's there's plenty of, of stuff um, uh, in my past that I would love to talk about and spend time talking about. But I, I, there was two things. One, um, I knew if I was looking back, I would be. There would probably be some bitterness and some stuff I said that looked like a, you know. I'm whining or sore loser. I'm blaming people, and I didn't. I don't care. I, I didn't. I don't want to do that. Um, read the two first books, and you'll you'll see exactly why I say that. I, but I don't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to look back. Um, and, and it's. It was kind of. It's. I almost feel like I'm shortchanging the experiences I had and the, the these these you know all these things that matter in my previous you know, in the previous years of my life but i'm like no um i'm not going to i'm not going to spend time looking back and i'm not going to sp- spend time you know maybe communicating and, and harboring resentments or, or or sounding bitter about it so basically the the types of things i'll i'll be walking through from from this manuscript are in 2019 I lose my job so March of 2019 by June I'm homeless by August I get some money from my retirement that I'd asked for for us to access immediately when I lost my job and I shouldn't have had to be homeless um when I was homeless initially I got in trouble driving my car and I got uh, two DUIs when I was living in my car. Um, there's no, there's no excuse. There's, it's no one's fault but mine. Um, and I, I basically, after the second one, I said to myself, uh, 
I'm never going to drive again. I said it's not, it's not, um, it's not safe, and I just won't do it. Uh, so, so that happens. Uh, then I'm, then I'm living, but they're not. The, the, the case has been settled, but I'm not living. I'm not. Uh, I'm not expected to go to jail until February of the next year. Six months in jail for this DUI. Um, for the DUIs, and I, I basically go. I I, I live in hotels from uh, August through early. Uh, early 2020 and I'm running out of money I I I get attacked in a in a jack-in-the-box in Rancho Cordova someone attacked me I had to fight them off I had to um, my the person was on the ground and they were, they were they wouldn't let my leg go I had a woman you know, threatened me with a knife telling me to leave this guy alone who attacked me um, and I just said screw it I had stuff in a hotel I didn't even go back. I I took a train, the light rail from Rancho Cordova straight to to uh, uh, downtown Sacramento, and I got on a train. I took the train to Klamath Falls. I lived there for a while. Um, basically, and then while I was there, I took a road trip up to Beaverton and uh, a couple a couple other small towns in um, in Oregon. Went back to Klamath Falls. It'd be a late, late mid mid year. Yeah, I was I was in Columbus Falls for months. Then I, I took maybe a month's journey up to the Portland area. I came back to Klamath Falls, and then I hitchhiked all the way from Klamath Falls to Sacramento, going through about twenty twenty cities, not twenty cities, about eight or nine cities, and maybe ten ten hitchhiking rides that I got. I'll, I'll talk about them. I talk about my time in Klamath Falls. I talk about my time in Oregon, um, and uh, I, um, I, I, when I get back to Sacramento, I eventually wind. I wind up having to do the time that I was properly uh, uh, you know, given for the for the DUIs. I do the time. Which was which was the toughest, the worst uh, time of my life. I mean, I, I just, I just said, <laughs> my freedom is more important than anything, and I made decisions in my life that focused on my freedom, and then to to just stay out of trouble, um, and to do everything you could to be and avoid trouble. Um, but so I, I, anyway, so now. I'm in. I'm finally out of the pokey. <laughs> Twenty, early 2021, and once again, I uh, I just say I gotta leave, and I, I take a. I beg. <laughs> I didn't have any money this time, right? Not none. I basically begged for enough money to get to Seattle. Uh, there's more. There's more in-depth story about that, about all these things, but so. T- I get up to Seattle. I don't even know where my sister lives. I know she lives in Kirkland. And I think I know what street she lives on. And so I sleep in Seattle one night. I, I get I, I beg to get on a ride up on the buses to Kirkland. I find I find my sister's house. 
<laughs> she looked at me. She, she, because I had a huge beard. I still have a huge beard now. Um, but uh, I look like a mountain man. She was, she was like a little scared. So she said, she had her her husband, my brother, and all come out and talk to me. But anyway, uh, so then I was in, I was there. Um. For for quite a while, and then I, uh, I don't think I had these dates right. When did I when did I go up there? Off the look. Anyway, I'll it'll be it'll be clear. One of the things I'll do is I'll just keep I'll keep refreshing the timeline. But I basically got to I've been in I've been in this this is how I can tell I've been in. Uh, I was right. It was 2021. Because on November, November 7th of 2021, I hitchhiked from Seattle to Spokane. That's where I am right now. And so I lived outside in Spokane not knowing how cold it was. From November 7th of last year till December 9th of this year when I got an apartment. Couldn't believe it. I was like, I can't believe I'm sleeping inside. I was, and like, I'm not doing the emotions justice right now, but, but so, in all this time I've been in Spokane, I published, I published the second book, Happiness Supply Now, while I was here. I'd written a lot of it in, in Kirkland, but it, it, but I, you know, I was adding stuff to it here, and, and I finished the editing here, and I published it from, from uh, uh, Shadle Park Library, which I was, I couldn't believe it. I, I, the, the library down here was closed when I got here. So I walk over here. You know what they're doing? I, I see the first, the second day it was, the first, I got here November 7th, November 8th, I'm standing outside this library and there's these guys paving, uh, laying concrete or, or uh, finishing concrete. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> they're like, the library's closed, dude. <laughs> I, said, I said, okay, where else can I go? They said, look, they just opened one in Shadow Park. So I'm like, okay. So I had to figure out where Shadow Park was. I think I had a flip phone at the time. I walk, So that day, November 8th, I walk from, I mean, it's not this, I've taken long, way longer walks than this, but I walk from here all the way to Shadow Park. I remember the exact route. Monroe, um, I think left on Indiana, right on, uh, I don't know if it's Ash or Maple, whatever way it goes north, and I walked up. I don't know where I turned. I think I waited till I got to um, I got to uh, Wellesley. But uh, yeah, so I and then you know I was live I lived outside in in the sh- in the Shadow Park area. I lived outside in the uh, the northern area by the Y. But anyway, th- these are the stories I'll be telling, um, and just. Let me uh, make one more. I have to do this for every podcast, I feel. My name's Tom James. My pen name is Tomothy Jameson. And the... The... uh, The books that I have published are on Kindle Direct. I'm on Kindle Direct. And... The... I've chose a, a very unique pen name, Tomothy, not Timothy. So T O M I T H Y, Tomothy, and the last name is Jameson, J A M I S O N, not with an E but with an I. 
If you search that in Google, you'll find my books. They'll be the first results, um, amazingly. But if you just put it in quotes, uh, you'll find the two books on on, on uh, Amazon. Uh, one, as I said, one's called Quote and Antidotes, and one's called um, Happiness Supply Now. I'll leave you two quotes. These are two quotes I wrote recently. Uh, so these aren't in either book. Uh, if it's worth dreaming, it's worth doing. That's one. And the second one, which applies um, to the way I was living in the, the grace and the charity and the kindness I've been shown is, uh, the beauty of kindness knows no poverty. And uh, I can talk more about those uh, in a future podcast. But uh, if it's worth dreaming, it's worth doing. And the beauty of kindness knows no poverty. Thanks.